I really thought, I was like, they're not Garying. That's great. Someone from the back, the grassy knoll, was like, Gary, I've got a dream. Interesting. Interesting. No, no coincidence that Dave came to Australia at the exact same time all the addresses from Ashley Madison came out. No, honey, I'm going on a podcast tour. You know what? I'm Gareth, just... we need to go to Australia tomorrow. I was just curious. I wasn't actually doing anything. I was just... I paid a thousand bucks just to, like, look around. It's fun yeah. to hit on women digitally. It's fun. Digitally. Yeah, digital hit. Digital. A digi. A digi hit, right? Well, I'll back off. No. I figured that was going to go to didgeridoo, but uh, did not. No. Well, I'm sorry, I've let you both down, and all of you. 1633! That is early. It's going to be some butchering of names right now. <laughs> Absolute butchering. Abel Tasman. Correct. Nailed it. Yeah. One for one. All right, let's wrap this up right now. Let's quit while we're ahead. Became a ship's captain for the Dutch East India Company in 1633, right after his second marriage. He lived in Batavia. Batavia? Batavia. Those are your options. Uh, uh, well, but he had to actually leave the country because their version of Ashley Madison's. <laughs> I'm going exploring, love. Have you been leaving notes on other women's doorsteps? <laughs> All right, so is it, is it Batavia? 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 Batavia. Fine. He lived in Batavia, which was the capital of the new Dutch commercial empire in the East Indies. Are you following so long? Yeah, they made By commercials. The way, a lot of people say Gareth isn't smart. Gareth puts all his knowledge into animals and bugs. <laughs> he watches documentaries 24-7... 24-7, and today we're walking down the street, and he goes, Beatles lived for eight years! Well, just, on average, guys. I, don't quote me on that. That's uh, just arthropod stuff, gang. <laughs> just a little arthropod. Everyone was pretty sure there was a southern continent, but Spanish navigators who crossed the Pacific Ocean from the Americas had not found it yet. After 1611, Dutch vessels, which were blown east after rounding the Cape of Good Hope... What? I don't know, they just got blown east. <laughs> They that came happened. around the bottom, all the way across the... Fucking get out of the way, it's the crazy Spaniards. <laughs> We're being blown! East! <laughs> the Spaniards would occasionally come up to the coastline of what was called Terra Australis on their way to Java. Coffee. Ah. Batavian authorities soon decided to find out whether this place had any commercial potential. In 1642, Tasman was chosen to lead the expedition. You guys getting what this might be so far? <laughs> Spoilers, it's about Australia. I had a feeling. <laughs> he left in 1642 with two ships, the Heemshirk and the Zeeheem. Sorry, Fucking Dave. nailed it. Zeeheem. Can we run that back and hear it one more time? Just so the we're... The Heemskirk and the Zeeheem. And? <laughs> From Mauritius. They're he sinking. went east and drove right into Van Diemen's land on November 24th. Now it was on the map. Aboriginal people had already lived there for about 35,000 years. They would not live there that much longer. So... 
they had a good oh. run. <laughs> Fucking spoilers. <laughs> uh, Tasman did not step foot on the island, however. He sailed off and found New Zealand. But before he did, he named the island <laughs> Anthunch van Diemenschland after his sponsor. This is Anthunch van Diemenschland, the land. Everyone was like, that's a great name, dude. It rolls right off the tongue. It's catchy. I'll say that. Uh, he was the... Uh, uh, Demon Schlant was the uh, governor of the East, uh, Dutch East Indies. Later, the British would say that was too long of a name, and it was shortened to Van Diemen's Land. Better. In 17, 1772, a French expedition led by Marc Joseph Marion Dufresne. You're doing great so far. Isn't he doing great, everybody? Just killing it. He was the first to step foot on the island. In March, two of his French ships anchored off Cape Frederick Henrik. You shouldn't. That's fucking bullshit. It's funny. Frederick Henrik. <laughs> you get that? It's similar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they got off in search of fresh water and timber for repairs. Dufranche and his men landed on a longboat in uh, March and were the first Europeans to meet the Tasmanian Aborigines. All right. Uh, Party time. They encountered them at North Bay, uh, members of what has been called the Oyster Bay Tribe. There were 10 bands of this tribe, which totaled about 800 individuals. At first, relations between the French and the indigenous Tasmanian, Tasmanians were cordial. That's great. Yeah. They're like, hi, how are you? What are you doing? Look at you with your... Uh-oh. Is that a quote? Well, then, shit then, went... then one of them was named Australian of the Year, and everyone started booing him for no reason. <laughs> You don't know what that is, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you for no follow-ups. Uh, you root, uh, you're a supporter of Collingwood. I get it. What's happening right now, so... <laughs> is that pretty good? Yeah, thanks. We're in Queensland. I don't care either. Exactly, bro. <laughs> Bingo. Read my mind, Will. Things went quickly south between the French and the Tasmanians. The French were attacked with spears and stones, and the Frenchmen fired their guns back, killing one Aborigine and wounding others. One of the Frenchmen was hit in the leg with a spear. Yes. <laughs> Do French was like, fuck this place! My and fucking leg! <laughs> you fucking cunts! First time cunts was ever said. Um, what, does, what does that word mean you just said? It sounds so nice. Yo, fucking cunts. Let's go to New Zealand. Let's call it Cutland. After. Huh? I'll stop pitching ideas. I thought this was a safe place. <laughs> Sorry. Je regrette. <laughs> I can't do a French accent, so you guys got this. <laughs> got their sail over the sea. Uh, they went to New Zealand on March 10th. Things there uh, went pretty well for a while, but three months later, Dufranche unknowingly breached Maori etiquette and taboos. Uh, Ma Maori. Maori, all right, whatever. Maori. What? A Maori? Maori. Maori? There you go, look at that. That sounds like someone Maori? who knows. And you by Kiwi? the way, you Kiwi getting all up on my fucking shit? Easy, Dave. Easy killer, easy killer. Also, it's taboos. 
mate. Of all the races and nationalities you've mentioned so far, the ones that you, the name you want to get right are the Maori. Well, you're about to find out why. <laughs> he didn't greet the king the right way. He cut timber and went fishing without permission, so Dufranche and two of his longboat crews were killed and eaten. Well, <laughs> Woo! All right, so they're eating people. <laughs> but just to make a point. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't like it. That'll teach I had you. a big breakfast. <laughs> Me, I'm stuffed. I'll have a rib. In August 1803, a New South Wales governor, Philip King, sent... Governor the- King? That's confusing as fuck. <laughs> King Governor! No, the other way around. Whatever. I'm the Governor King. Yeah, but I'm talking about his counterpart. (laughs) I'm just not getting involved in that one because I think you'll edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, King sent Lieutenant John Bowen to establish a small military outpost on the eastern shore of the Derwent River. Derwent? Derwent? You know how they came up with that. They'd be like, where was that boat? And they'd go, Dur went down there. <laughs> down the river. <laughs> Dur went that way. <laughs> Don't get blown east. It was called Camp Risden. <laughs> Names are all up, over the place. Yeah, it's going to get worse as these shows go on. Okay. Uh, that that uh, camp wasn't working, so several months later, a second settlement was established by Captain David Collins with 308 convicts about five kilometers to the south. This later became Hobart. The worst criminals, repeat offenders, and unimaginable prisoners were sent to penal settlements in Van Diemen's Land. It was the perfect penal colony because a huge labor force was required to establish the settlement and inaccessibility and wildness Insured security. Yeah? Okay, sure. Yeah. sure it's yeah, like sure. our Alcatraz Island. Yep. Except okay. uh, we didn't have to kill all the black people to get it. All right, all right. <laughs> baby steps, Dave. Just, baby oh, steps. We just started an island. Let's we baby steps. Uh, baby stepper. Okay. Take fair. baby steps. Totally fair. Yep, slow, slow totally down. Fair. Yep. How you doing, Hobart? All right. <laughs> Hobart didn't go well. Left on their own without supplies, the settlement suffered severe food shortages. Many of the cattle and sheep Collins asked for died in transit. By 1806, its inhabitants were starving, with many resorting to scraping seaweed off rocks and scavenging washed-up whale blubber from the shore to eat. I mean, to be honest, that feels very hipster. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Maybe they were just the hipsters of their time. I bet they had fucking cool beards. And talk about abs. My God. Well, it's the seaweed. Yeah, it's the seaweed. It'll it'll cut you out for you. But, But just sitting there eating whale blubber doesn't seem... <laughs> Just not. Yeah, great. but you don't have the seaweed on it in your mind. You got it. You have a little seaweed on it. It's like yeah. a little wrap. Also, why the fuck are there? Why the fuck are there just big chunks of whale blubber floating? Well, around? that's a good question. That's a fair <laughs> point. Uh, that's when whales were exploding themselves. <laughs> it's suicide whales, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was the great uh, whale emu war. Emu war. Yeah. Emu yeah. war. Yeah. Fuck. Oh boy. <laughs> Remember the trouble we were having with Wal Qaeda? <laughs> uh, I'm working on one. I got nothing. I got nothing! 
The food supply became so low, David Collins had six whalers from a ship flogged for refusing to hand over two casks of biscuits. What? Uh-huh. Wait, what just happened? There was a, yeah, you're going to find out that these, these people here in this country really liked flogging. Uh, it and was like biscuits. the national pastime. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't make it into an Olympic sport after a while. Um, there's a lot of flogging that happens. Okay. So these guys had biscuits, and they were like, no, you can't have it. And he's like, beat the fuck out of them! For biscuits. Yeah, biscuits. Must have been some tasty goddamn biscuits. Tim Tams. Uh, I would flog the fuck out of anyone for a Tim yep. Tam. Yep. Uh, I'm <laughs> on record. Reynolds for Tim Tam. Thank you, everybody. Tim Tam dropped out of sponsoring me. Why? Too aggressive. I fucking love him. Put Tam on the phone. Uh, this hello, company's hello. gone to shit since Tim left. Hello, this is Tim. Uh, Tim, hey, how you doing? It's Gareth. Is Tam around? Yeah, he doesn't want to talk to you right now. Listen, tell Tam I'm sorry. <laughs> Tim, don't do this. Tell Tam, to, tell Tam to not do this, Tim. Tam said you're too aggressive. God damn it. <laughs> it's Tam. Tam! I'm, I'm on the line. Tam, were you listening the whole time? I was listening the whole time. Listen, Tam, I know I got aggressive. I just want to make fucking mouth love to Tim Tams, and I just... <laughs> I just overdo it sometimes. I don't know what's wrong with me. Tim? Tam? Tam? Tam Tams? Tim? <laughs> Please leave Australia. <laughs> it was soon discovered that wheat thrived in areas nearby, and by 1817, excess produce was being exported to Sydney from Tasmania. So they did okay right away. Okay. A smaller colony was established in the north of the island uh, in October 1804. Many convicts were escaping, and when they were caught, they had to be sent to Sydney for a trial. This was expensive and inconvenient. Oh, boy. So the lieutenant governor proposed making a penal settlement and Van Diemen's land for those who attempted escape. This led to the opening of the very harsh penal colony oh, at Macquarie? 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 <laughs> fucking so close. I was so very fucking close. close. Very close. Sniffing around it. Uh, Macquarie, Macquarie Harbor on the West Coast. It was also to be located there because uh, of all the nearby Huan Pine. Sure. Which was Huan. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> I love that some people now think it's a game to get in first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so close. Fucking mate, you can get the rest wrong, but don't fuck with our pine. <laughs> They'll flog you. <laughs> McRae Harbor Penal Station was established on Sarah Island in 1822. It was created with the purpose of being so horrible that convicts would think twice about trying to escape. Authorities believed the reputation of McCoy Harbor would act as a deterrent and that it would somehow cause bad characters to reform. But why don't you just make jail like that? This is jail. Oh, but it's like an like a, a extra punishment jail, right? Yeah, it's like a double jail. Yeah, so why not just make the original jail your double jail? I'm fucking cutting spending, Will. <laughs> Shit. You know what? You know what? There's a lot of red tape in this plan. <laughs> Next. Go, go straight to bad jail. That's yeah. the... Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's, there's one flaw. The rest sounds pretty airtight. Please. <laughs> 
It was considered to be one of the harshest penal settlements in all of Australia. It was created as a place of banishment within the colonies, taking the worst convicts and those who had escaped from other settlements. It was isolated by the sea, a mountainous wilderness, and hundreds of miles away from other settled areas. There were no roads. It could only be reached by sea. It was said no other penal colony was more feared by convicts than Macquarie. The convicts were supervised by military detachments of several regiments and by a variety of civilian officers, supervisors, and constables, many of whom were ex-convicts. Well, that's good. It's going to work out fine. Yeah, that'll be uh, fine. I always remember Andy Dufresne's first night at Macquarie Prison. <laughs> that's my Morgan Freeman, by the way. <laughs> that's why I didn't get in the French one. It's good. <laughs> no gift accents. Besides the hor- horrific weather, convicts were treated brutally. They were not fed well. The settlement could not produce food. Malnutrition, dysentery, and scurvy were common. On occasion, the convicts' rations were greatly reduced due to delays and spoilage of supplies from Hobart. A report uh, from 1828 describes 2,040 pounds of colonial salt beef, very bad and putrid, unfit for use to be destroyed. Jesus Christ. Shit beef. Yeah, Yeah, bring on the blubber seaweed. (laughs) Not up to the usual high standards of colonial salt beef. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, this beef is too shitty for our time, which is fucking crazy. Uh, this beef is like it's from the 1600s. <laughs> they were not given proper clothing, housed 32 rooms, and spent days performing difficult physical labor, like cutting trees and mining coal. Prisoners worked 12-hour days in winter, 16 in, in the summer. Some moved logs waist-deep in an icy river. Prisoners were frequently forced to sleep in clothes that had become soaked after wading ashore from the work party boat. These are your ancestors. I mean, to be honest, this is pretty much what we do now, but it's a fly-in, fly-out, two-week model. <laughs> you could make a pretty penny off of that right, right. now. These are, this is what Gina Reinhart wants to bring back. That's good local material. You guys didn't give that. That's why we You guys read a paper. Anyway, so... <laughs> Can I have another beer? Oh, yeah, you got one over yeah. there. right here. There's a little um, area here. Oh, there's the, a nook. Uh, Thank there's you. a there's postman nook. that brings beers. What, what? What? What happened? You guys all right? You guys. <laughs> I got oh. my beer has the word wood on it. Yes. And that guy got pretty excited oh. by it. <laughs> and then, like a couple of his friends are like, "Oh, so excited! Wood, oh, wood, beer, beer. drinking, and have a beer. Why am I not on Fuck yeah! The fact that you enjoyed that that much makes me feel better about that really smart Gina Reinhardt riff not working. <laughs> I just didn't pick my room. I get it. Wood! Ah! When in doubt. Wood! Now I've got you. Like it's his dick, Dave. Oh, I get it. Yeah! I get it. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. What? I don't know. I'm it's just like agreeing with the man. The I want... Dick. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lashings with a cat of nine tails were very common. Comics were punished for the smallest things, like singing. What? What? No, I yeah. wasn't. I was just pausing a lot. At, no, I wasn't singing. I swear to God. I have a stutter. That even, a, if I don't sing, because of my stutter. Get him! <laughs> It'd be great if that was an option on The Voice, though. <laughs> Like, if, like, two of them spun their chairs around, like, ah, yeah, I want you in, and another guy's just got a cat of nine tails. <laughs> Ricky Martin just... <laughs> flogging you. <ya. laughs> he 
We flog, see flogs. It would be great. It would be great. That's an idea. Have that. That is an idea. The first commandant, Lieutenant Kothbertson, was described as a sadistic bully of peculiar qualities. He liberally doled out lashings in an effort to stop the frenzy of escapes in the first years. The Macquarie Cat of Nine Tails was reputed to be heavier and larger than that of the Army or Navy. It had seven knots in each tail and a double-twisted whip cord rather than usual single cord, especially during the early years of the penal settlement. The Macquarie Cat was used with relentless frequency. In the first seven years of settlement, an average of 6,560 lashes per year were given to 175 men. Who was counting? Like, I was like, I hate this fucking job. Holy shit. Hey, I didn't hear the clicker that time. Oh, God. Oh, my God, I lost count. Start the lashing again. I, lo- I also love that it was bigger than the army's cat of nine tails. Like, so even back then, we were doing our version of That's Not a Knife. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cat of 12 tails. Bullshit. That's not a cat tail. This is a cat tail. Nine tails, mate. Nine tails. Convict Scrummy Williams. <laughs> Scrummy. Scrummy Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Held, the, held the record for the most uh, lashings given to a prisoner. Oof. A total Oof. of 500 floggings. On one occasion, Williams was pronounced unfit to receive the remaining 25 of his 100 lash sentence and was taken to the hospital where no. he made unsavory remarks while there. No. Why, was, why would he do that? Why would he do that? Shut the fuck up! And he was taken out to receive the remainder of no. his life. That's fucking right, mate. You get knocked down, you get back up again. It's like fucking Chumbawamba. It is Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, regional leader of the Aboriginal people of Tasmania. Right? I am Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Our people may get knocked down. But we will get up again. You ain't never gonna keep us down. <laughs> that was an accurate accent from the time. <laughs> <laughs> the situation was so hellish that prisoners came up with a way to get out for several men at once. The prisoners would draw lots and the loser would allow himself to be killed by the others. What? Like, whoa? Sorry, sorry, sorry. They so, drew straws. I, I, I mean, this wasn't plan A. Yeah. Like, they, I hope they went through a list of, like, hey, you know what? Okay. This will work if we get, if we uh, need it. Yeah. But can we not workshop some other ideas? I think we've got it with the killing a guy. I really do. I feel like we hit a home run from the beginning. Yeah, I agree. I want to kill a guy. Yeah, let's draw these straws. So they would, they would draw lots. And the loser would be killed. Then they would all confess to the murder, which would lead to them being sent away for trial and execution. Oh. We're out! <laughs> so it's kind of the usual suspect. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> some, com- some comics who committed serious crimes, such as assault or murder, were tried in Hobart. On, occasion, uh, on one occasion, three convicts found guilty of murder were hung on the island in mockery of a commandant Wright's intent to use the execution as a deterrent to other convicts. Two of the condemned men laughed and joked from the scaffold with their fellow prisoners, displaying, quote, an appalling indifference to their fate. I mean, tough gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, he's lighting me already. That's the light already, fuck. Light. Get the light. Get the light. I got, no like, another understand. minute. I got me at the closer. No one understands that but comics. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Only Lindsay is in back laughing. I don't even think he is. 
No one is laughing. We had a good laugh. I mean, I think that's what matters, right, guys? 116 comics escaped between 1822 and 1827. 75 of them were never heard from again. The sea destroyed small boats. You couldn't swim. To freedom, the bush around the settlement was thick. If you did get out, Hobart was 225 kilometers away. Uh, Most of them would just disappear. That would be it. Alexander Pierce. By the way, that was a really happy ending. (laughs) I mean, it is actually quite lovely down there. Yeah. Yeah, like the hike from Lake St. Clair Cradle Mountain. I mean, if you're out in the middle of there and you're just living in the bush, you know what I mean? Like, it's a nice little walk. It's a nice little life. You went out hiking. That's right. how I want to go. I feel like it's different if um, there's no houses around like there are now and stuff. Mm. I feel like then you're like, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, no. I reckon you had lower standards. You were happy like, with what you had. Like now, it's all about where's my McMansion and my ping pong table. Yeah. But, like, you know, back then it would be no. No, they had a ping pong table that I'm not covered up. <laughs> Some guy's just going through the bush with a ping-pong table. I think that's him. <laughs> I knew this was a stupid idea. When we get there, you'll thank me. So much recreational fun. We're going to make a rumpus room. A man cave, baby. Oh, God, they're there. The first Bushman rumpus room was in 1852. <laughs> Sir Rumpus. <laughs> Alexander Pierce was a short Irishman. Irishman. What the fuck? What? Oh, all no, right. just Irishmen. All right, the Irish well, accents, everybody. Right. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> he was born in 1792. He was sentenced to seven years transportation in 1819 for stealing six pairs of shoes. <laughs> I like a variety. I just love a good variety, that's all. Like to have some options. Oh, it's going to take five. Well, but look at these ones. Hey. We've got a little point on the end. Be honest, which one ties the outfit together? All of them. Take all of them, lad. Run for the hills. With all your shoes. He was put on the diddly potatoes. (laughs) Was that Morgan Freeman? (laughs) I'll I'll always remember Andy Dufresne's first. What the fuck is that? Anderson's got an accent. <laughs> he was put on a ship to Sydney in October 1819. The ship landed in January 1820, but was quickly turned away from Sydney and sent to Hobart because they were in desperate need of convict labor there. Hobart was not a large settlement. There were almost 3,000 living there. Hobart was described as dull and saddening. <laughs> and that is actually now their slogan for the city. So, bit of history there. It's called upselling. Come on. There's actually a Yelp review that says it's got worse since then. (laughs) A Yelper. Pierce was sent to work in a town north of Hobart, but nine months later he was sent to work on a gang because of bad behavior. He then escaped into the woods. He survived out in the wild for three months. At that point, the government offered amnesty to any convict who had escaped, and Pierce took them up on their offer. Oh, well, this will end well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, what's the next part of the story? Alexander Pierce loved booze. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, that's inferred. And he stole to get it. Two months after receiving amnesty, he was caught stealing two turkeys and three ducks. <laughs> to, full of alcohol? Yeah, I know. Put the fucking rum inside the duck. Nobody will know. Is this the story of the original wild turkey? (laughs) 
There it is. There you go. Pop- popular name of an alcohol brand, but also a turkey. <laughs> um, I don't have one yeah. for ducks. No, he would, st- he would steal stuff and trade it for booze. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, at that point... Oh, I already did that. Uh, so he got 50 lashes and 14 days hard labor. 50. Now he was assigned to be a constable. Oh, no, he signed to a constable. They didn't just make him a... You're a constable! All right, you've done well, lad! <laughs> fucking hell! charge of people now! Talk about a fucking 180! I mean, I saw you running around with those ducks, and I was like, put them in charge of the... Promote that man to constable! Uh, but uh, he wasn't straight not living with the constable, and he got himself 25 lashes for being drunk and disorderly. Then a month later, he was back at it, once again, drunk and disorderly after hitting a pub in the town. But this time, he stole a glass. That's what you're supposed he to do. He probably just walked out with a drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going home now. What am I forgetting? There's a um, very famous cricketer called Brian Lara. He was like one of the best cricketers of all time. And once I was at a nightclub in Adelaide, and Brian Lara bought me a drink at the nightclub. Ooh, did you and, fuck him? And I... <laughs> That's between me and Brian. Uh, that, that's for my podcast, not for yours. No. I, <laughs> but after they banged, Will goes, How is that? Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, that is really good. Thank you. That's yes. like fucking Rain Man Idiot Savant good. I only fly Qantas. <laughs> it's so good that I don't know what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stole that glass, is the point of that story. Because I wanted to keep it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Yeah. It, nothing happened to me. So no, sure. I assume You're lucky. this will be the same. <laughs> yeah, we, I got a good feeling about yeah. this one. Uh, he got 50 lashes and ah. was sent back to the labor gang. It just wasn't going well. Next, he forged papers to get his hands on some property and was again caught. What's he doing? I mean, he's just taking care of shit. Uh-huh, sure. Uh-huh. His, I mean, he must be really fucked up. So this time... Maybe one somewhere, that, like someone from his family's like, yeah, but you're just telling the bad bits. Yeah. Like, he was fucking nailing all uh, the There's bits. probably a lot of shit that he got... Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But they're, we're just harping on the bad uh, shit. What about his good cons? Yeah. Uh, he decided to make a run for it. On May 17th, Pierce and a few other prisoners took off. He was captured again, found guilty, and sentenced to Macquarie Harbor. Oh, boy. Here we go. Hang on to your assholes. Sorry? Is that a saying? Yeah. Sorry, is that a saying? It's a, a famous Tasmania saying. <laughs> Welcome to Tasmania. Hold on to your assholes. Actually, there was a period until about the 1990s where that was policy. Government... <laughs> government policy (laughs) he was now facing four years in the worst place in the colonies Pierce immediately didn't like his new home and leapt when he heard some prisoners were planning to escape on September 20th 1822 while working on a road gang Pierce and six other convicts attacked their guards overpowered them and stole boats and sailed to Coalhead where they met up with another convict Robert Greenhill Greenhill had supplies he used to be a sailor, but had been convicted of forgery and had been sentenced to 14 years. Jesus. Greenhill had already tried to escape from Van Diemen's land with fellow convict and friend Matthew Travers, an Irishman. Hello. 
who was serving a life sentence. For that escape attempt, the two had been sent to Macquarie also. So now there's eight convicts on the run. They got axes and took all the food they could get their hands on, which wasn't much, got into a boat, and sailed off. Oh, this is great. Uh, this is, oh, yeah, this is good. This is like this, axes on a boat? This is like all my reality shows in one. It's like Survivor meets Top Chef on a boat. Greenhill quickly made the executive decision that he should be the leader. He made Matthew Travers his second in command. The other prisoners were, you don't have to remember, but, you know. John Mather, a Scottish baker, serving time for forgery. (laughs) That is actually that IMDb pick I was talking about. Yeah, but if you're going out, don't you want a baker with you? Sure. to prepare shit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ex-soldier Alexander Dalton, William Kennery, uh, who was in Macquarie for escape, Thomas Bodenham, a highway robber, and Little Brown, of whom little is known. (laughs) Thus the nickname. His whole story's a Little Brown. We don't know much. Little Brown. Uh, The Scottish baker's role is amazing. Well, fuck fuck them if they come to try... If they try to get us, we'll fucking kill them. Hey, and I'll make bloody pastries. But, I mean, it's actually really practical. If you're putting together a team, yeah. you don't want all fighters. <laughs> Just be the baker. You can't fucking cook. All right, know? let me know how it goes. The best gets to be ready when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking get him. Who likes crepes? <laughs> um... That's how you get the fighters in. You know, we've got catering. <laughs> On-site catering. After every battle, whatever you want. You request it in the morning. We go out and we He's lose and kill. Who wants a fruit cup? Anyone? Fruit cup? Fruit cup? Cappuccino? It's cappuccino. These are called popovers. <laughs> that was Irish. As they made uh, their way, hoping to make it to the continent, they saw a signal fire... Light warning of their escape. So they had to take evasive action. They made a quick decision and took their boat to Phillips Island, destroying the boat and headed into the bush. So far, the plan was completely fucked. See, that's, I mean, that, that's the downside. Keep going. They all grabbed some supplies and climbed up a large mountain and camped at the top for the night. The next morning, they kept moving, staying to hilltops so they could keep eyes uh, out for search parties. On the third day, rain started, making the trek even more difficult. The land was tough to get through. Very dense rainforest with icy rivers, deep gorges, bogs, and fallen trees. The plan was to head down toward Derwent River, where they... Derwent? Where they wanted to steal a schooner, sail it downstream past Hobart, out into Storm Bay, and then proceed uh, 14,000 miles to England. You know what? We're going to need a baker. <laughs> I'll make what I can before we go. I don't see any problems with the plan. 14,000. 14, right, all right. So, yeah. All right, sounds good. One question. Yeah. Can we do it? Yeah. Hey. We've got a little bag of flour. We'll be okay. Okay. Anyone for more handfuls of flour? <laughs> Followed by your main course. Some flour. <laughs> And for dessert, you're going to love the maid. Flour. <laughs> That's all we bloody have. 
They began to run out of food and weren't sure what they could kill. They were nowhere near no. any place. No, 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 no fucking way. No, no, no. What are you doing? Dude, are they going to... I mean, they got to eat the baker. My money's on the baker. My money's on the baker. I'm playing Clue. It's the baker on the jet ski going to England. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, they were. You no- can't kill me. Who'll prepare him? <laughs> Think about it. And you don't want to kill your leprechaun now. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I was looking to say if another beer had magically appeared in that box. Nope. No beer magically appeared in the box. And we thought we had a leprechaun. <laughs> uh, so they were nowhere near any place they could stay, and they headed in the direction where they thought there were settlements. On the fifth day, the rain continued. They started to become despondent. This whole escaping thing wasn't that great. The next day, they just stayed in the shelter they had found and didn't move at all. So now they're sad and yeah. bummed out. Well, that, but that hits in. Fifth day in. You know, yeah. Fifth day in on your trek to England is, right. you oh, know. fucking ideal. I like that. I'm sure there's got to be one of them that's like, come on, guys. Guys. We, we knew this would happen. Let's play I Spy again. Right. <laughs> come on, where's your spirit? We're on the run. We're not playing I Spy. It's water. Everything's water. <laughs> The weather finally cleared, and they continued for a couple of days. Now they were completely out of food. They no. ate their they ate their jackets. Uh, what? Wait, wait. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Good. sorry. Were these like novelty licorice coats or something? They How were, the fuck do you eat a jacket? They were made out of kangaroo skin. Mate, let the leather jackets. That like back then, that was what salty fucking beef was. <laughs> That's how they discovered leather jackets. Some I mean, guy was like, I can't eat this anymore, but I could wear it. It'd keep me warm. And we whine about jerky. Right. These dudes are eating jackets. There's a fine line between jerky and a jacket. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that far off. Uh, Lady Gaga started wearing jerky. Yep. I don't know if you guys... Hey, Barry, take off your jacket. We're hungry. <laughs> then they ate it. Oh, then Greenhill came up with an idea. He said that he had eaten people before and claimed it tasted like pork. <laughs> how, how do you feel he brought that up? He went, uh, like, hey, I've eaten people before. It tastes like pork. No, but it was like one of those things where, like, you know, like, that's yeah. not something that just occurs to you. And you got to, like, be smooth. Right. Want to jump? You're like, oh, man. God, I'll tell you some meat had hit the spot. Fuck. I see you're biting your fingernails there, do you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shit, man. I mean... What are you thinking right now? I don't know. I mean, it's just... Nah, nah, nothing, 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 nothing. No, Keep come on. on. We got nothing to do with it. Look, look, nothing. let's eat a jacket and shut up. I don't even want to. Well, here's the Why? thing. <laughs> what is it? One time on a dare. Yeah. On a dare. On a, on a dare. Yeah. I ate some people. And guys... Some, some people? Yeah, just a couple dudes. <laughs> what? Huh? Big yeah. dare. And right. I ate a couple guys. And man, okay. ooh. Ooh, what? bacon, baby. What? Ooh, really? Yeah, picture, imagine eating a jacket, no. but you know what? way better I, and chewier. I, I, I had to stop you. Uh, I'm a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually going to be delicious. <laughs> Very well-kept body. <laughs> so, free-range grain fit. <laughs> oh, we let him run around. Yeah, he can sniff or do whatever. Oh, That's why you dive. Greenhill said that's what they should do. They should eat one of them. 
He also said that sacrificing one man to save everyone else was the custom of the sea. <laughs> this guy's got a lot of ideas. Wait. Tuna's, on, tuna's chicken of the sea, he right? He on some horrible ships, apparently. Yeah. Where they just eat each other once they set out. I mean, but he, he's got some rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, rule, all rules are arbitrary. And he's spitballing. He's the only one right. coming up with ideas. Yeah, he's coming up with ideas. He's where's, the, where's the fucking baker's ideas? Yeah. yeah. No, the one, uh, the one guy said, let's eat our jacket, so fuck him. <laughs> the baker's like, you're going to love what I've done with the jacket? Put a little bit of flour on that. You really taste that? Green Hill said... He would be the executioner because he had experience. Jesus. You know what? I've killed guys before. What's the vibe? You're so, all like, because he was the executioner, everyone yeah. else should draw lots to figure out who was going to be food. Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, well, you can't... Like, I mean, the executioner can't kill him. Right. right. Genius. Right. Right. I can't. What, am I going to hit myself on the head? Come on, you guys do the yeah. straws. I'm the only one who could possibly kill someone. Uh, they didn't like the drawing lots plan, but they did all agree that they should kill and eat Dalton. <laughs> Which one's Dalton? Well, Dalton had once volunteered to be a flogger in prison, so they decided he should be the first to go. Oh, uh, you know what? That seems fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a long road trip. You gotta fucking eat it, dude. But you know what? Your fucking past always comes back to haunt you. Yeah. People sit on that shit for ages, and then one day you think they've forgiven you because you're all escaping together, but they remember that one day you volunteered to be a flogger, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, we're fucking yeah. eating you. Well, it's like the saying, don't flog your friends or they'll eat you eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so during the first week of October, Dalton was attacked with an axe and hit on the temple. Then his throat was cut. The convicts carved Dalton up, cooked his heart, liver, and other body parts first? on a fire and devoured him. First? Well, no. They, they cut up the parts, but Greenhill claimed the heart, and that led to a fight between him and another guy. Who's claiming heart? And in the end, Greenhill got to eat the heart, and the other guy had to eat a Who foot or whatever. Who the fuck is one? Like, oh, dibs on the heart! They're like, have the heart. What are you doing? No, but back then, that was probably like a delicacy. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, he had a refined palate. He was like, I'm the executioner. I deserve an amuse-bouche. <laughs> Oh, look at how happy that mouth is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, answer me this. If you were going to eat a person, like, I, uh, you, so which bit would you eat first? Like, can I go like, fucking thigh? Yeah, Calf thigh. or thigh? thigh. Something thigh down or, there. Thigh or a dick. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> it's got to be the dick. It's got to be the dick. It's what? A, Why does it got to be the dick? Because it's a part of the body that, like, 50% of the population already <laughs> willingly put in their mouth. <laughs> Legitimate? Like, it's not that hard to think you could follow through and fucking swallow, not spit, right? <laughs> Do you spit, swallow, or bite it off? It's your technique. The dick. I, listen, I'd be the one who's just like, I'll take the fucking chicken wing. What's going on here? You guys get the heart take dick. Take the asshole. I want the asshole. All right, what's happening, guys? A couple of the convicts were super not into eating other people. Why? Kelly and Brown, little Brown, took off in the middle of the night and set off back toward uh, McCurry. It was a tough haul because they had no food and had left most of the supplies. They arrived back at the prison on October 12th, both sick from exhaustion and exposure. Uh, when they got there, they told authorities that Dalton had been killed and eaten by his fellow escapees. Brown then died three days later and Kennerly the day after that. No one ate them. <laughs> Interesting. When the others woke and noticed that Kennerly and Brown were missing, they waited for a while for them to come back. They yelled for them, and at some point they realized those guys were not coming back. 
so they took off quickly. They were now worried that Brown and Kennerly would bring authorities to the camp. They continued to eat Dalton on the way, who uh. Uh, had been jerked. <laughs> Sorry? What? He'd been... Wait, yeah, what? They That's how they made the sauce. <laughs> Do you know what? It was just there, I and mean, I did it. It was just there, it's so amazing, it's just there. Amazing. Wait, before we kill him, should we jerk him off? Make something to dip it in? Oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I'm crazy. Okay. Hey, you know what? My grandpa always said, don't kill a man unless he's hard. I don't think he meant it like that, man. If he doesn't ejaculate just before I kill him, it's not halal. No, he's got to die right when he's, right when he's coming. Have you heard NXS? They made NX sauce. <laughs> okay, so next they came to a river, but two of the convicts could not swim. Jeez. So those who could swim went with large poles and helped the other two across the river. See, now they're working together. Yeah, they're going to eat nice. one of them in no time. One of those guys. Uh, the train was really tough. Uh, they could only go like eight kilometers a day. Uh, they came to another river. They were too weak to cross it, so once again, they're starving. So the old, should we eat one of us conversation comes up again. And they all agreed that was the way to go, but this time, they did draw lots. Bodenham came up with the short straw. He apparently did not seem that upset about it. He just asked if he could pray. They said, sure, I mean, it's the least thing you can do when we're about to eat you. A couple of the convicts went off to gather firewood to cook both. In fact, it would be really freak him out if he looked him in the eye and said, Grace. <laughs> Thank you for this Bowden ham we're about to receive. <laughs> Please try my cock. I think it will be delicious. <laughs> and dear God, let them try my cock. I think they'll really love it. Amen. You know what? Eat men. Can I just say I would like Pierce to eat my balls? Uh, no, you cannot say that. I'm talking about before I go. Uh, I know. Greenville said he would be the executioner because, again, hey, he'd done no this. one else can do it. Well, and now he's on a roll. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he hit Boaten Hall with the axe right on the head, and he dropped dead. He quickly started cutting the body up with his knife. The guys came back with firewood, and they started a nice human cooking fire, uh, and they sat around eating him. At this point, Alexander Pierce was starting to worry about Greenhill and all his killing of other guys. <laughs> Why? What about it concerned him? Mathers was I mean, I'm also... Sure, I'm sure it'll stop after this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've gone through two, right? right. We'll come to a settlement. I mean, we'll just let him get it out of his system. I think he's done. I yeah, really I do. He's done. I, really I think feel he's like... done. I feel like he's good. He did two. We're good. All right, let's get to England. <laughs> Mathers Almost was, there. Mathers was also concerned. They were both worried pretty reasonably that at some point, Greenhill and Travis would kill them and eat them too. <laughs> Jesus. Mathers told Pierce that they should separate from the others, saying... You should see what kind of a cove Greenhill is. He would kill his father before he would fast one day. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, for three days, the group moved on, eating Bodenham as they went. <sighs> Just, he's in their pockets. Uh, I mean, uh, that's, that's really what's so fucking... I'm like picturing how they right. do that. Well, you just keep your pocket you full of Bodenham. Uh, right. Uh, that's where the song Pocket Full of Bodenham comes from. <laughs> I love that song. It's a great song. <laughs> if you're, you've never been doctors, right? You never been out camping or hiking. You never been hiking and then someone starts singing a pocket full of boat and ham. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what I love? Just, a, just a cheeky finger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I mean... Uh, uh, so in four days they came upon a valley with a creek running through it and a lot of ferns they decided this was a great place to take a break and relax for a yeah. bit yeah chew your friend chill Mathers picked up some fern roots boiled them and ate them but that turned out to be a very very bad idea oh why why he started vomiting this left him in a bit of a vulnerable no. position no oh shit Jesus Christ you guys sure you don't want fern stew? You good? Just me? I think that Mathers is the, is the Scottish guy. Okay. <clears throat> you guys uh, sure you don't want fern stew? You sure? <laughs> Just me? <laughs> He's the baker. He's cooking ferns. Greenville came up behind him. Green Hill came up behind him. I do him. really feel like that's what we're getting down to, though. The guy who can kill people and the guy who can cook people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Who's going to be... As he's going, he's like, the best way to prepare me would be... To put a little bit of salt on me, cover me in flour. Let me sit out for about an hour and a half. Then lightly braise me over a medium flame. Wait about 15, 20, 25 minutes, flip me. On the inside, it'll be nice and pink, but you want it like that. Looks raw, it's not. Let me sit for five minutes. <laughs> Don't eat me right away. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Oh, right. The he eating started, of a baker. He started vomiting. Greenville came up behind him and cracked him over the head with the axe. But Mathers was not killed. He was just pissed. Yeah. The <laughs> oh, fuck is your bloody problem? I bloody hurt. Ow! Greenhill and Mathers began to fight, and Mathers managed to get the axe away from Greenhill, but instead of using it and killing Greenhill, he just let it slide. What? What? <laughs> no, I get it. Not again! Not again! You're on time out, mister. But he wasn't going to give up the fucking axe. Uh, uh, The other convicts were pretty okay with Greenhill not having something to kill them with anymore, so it was pretty much a win-win for the whole group. Right. Though Greenhill and Mather's relationship was at an all-time low. Why? At an all-time low. Like, when you wake up the next day and one of them's, like, trying to pretend it didn't happen. Ah, uh, fuck, mate. Uh, well, I feel really weird about last night. Oh, uh, yeah, you feel bloody weird, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I no, I just, uh, I just wasn't thinking and I saw you there and I was thinking about look, it. Look, I, look, I understand a little. It's just that it's been so tense lately. <laughs> it just feels like it's always my burden. Like, it always comes down to me, you know. I forgive you. I like and stuff. You know. Now, uh, up until this point, up until this point, Pierce and Mathers were siding together against Greenhill and Travis. But like it was an episode of Survivor, Pierce decided to align with Greenhill and Mathers. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that's sorry, Greenhill and Travis. You gotta wait until you're down to about four, and then yeah, you do the fucking yeah. yeah. You blindside someone. Yeah. They is, vote on who they're gonna eat. This is the big fucking move. It really is a big move. It's hosted. Oh. Pierce has joined Green Hill and Travis. <laughs> Everyone was super hungry, and maybe because Mathers hadn't used the axe when he got away from Green Hill, Pierce started to see him as weak. Mathers was beginning to suspect the three were now working together, so he tried to stay away from them and on alert at all times. It's so easy to know they're working against you. Right. Well, in that situation, what he's got to do is find the immunity (laughs) idol. Yeah. 
right. I'm going to keep doing this Survivor if, even though people don't like it. You I can't kill this. me. I've got a necklace. <laughs> kill him. What? Wait, what is this? I've got immunity. <laughs> you, you make me feel better about my accent. Uh, yeah, no, mine are ridiculous. Let's, let's be, I can do Irish, but even that's like a clear cartoon. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Sorry, I apologize. Sort of, me. Okay, so they're thinking they're working against him. Uh, so he stays away from them. And then one night, they're all starving and depressed. They're sitting around the fire. Mathers was sitting as far away from the other three as possible. I'm mad at you guys. Then one of them stood up and said, I'm going to go get firewood. And walked off into the forest. But no. then he crept no. up behind. I mean, how, like, it's just so easy. Okay, then I'll see you. Well, I believe you. Good luck! Uh, while he's away, let's play a quick game of Fuck, Marry, Kill. <laughs> oh, I love that game. I love that game. <laughs> Who's first? So one of them crept up behind Mathers and grabbed him. The other two leapt up, grabbed the axe, and started hitting Mathers on the head. And that did it. No more Mathers. They huh. cut him up, put him on the fire, and had a nice Mathers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Greenhill said this was the best thing that could have happened because he didn't trust Mathers. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's amazing. Hey, look, we're better off with that ass. That yeah. asshole's, yeah. you know, he's not around. Speaking of assholes, dibs. <laughs> oh, go ahead. It's on my finger. You beat it right off. There. <laughs> it's really on there. <laughs> I was going to wear it as a ring, but you can eat it. <laughs> so essentially, this is a story of some idiot who just goes around wrecking everybody's life and learns nothing from the situation. Is this the story of Tony Abbott's ancestors? <laughs> Be great. <laughs> even even with everything that's happened here so far, no one has eaten an onion. <laughs> yeah. Before he died, they were like, should we eat onions? He's like, onions, eat this bloody fern before you eat a bloody onion. What are you, crazy? Eat a man You first. look insane! Because <laughs> <laughs> he just lightly chews on an ear. <laughs> Crazy! Fucking earlobes chewing. <laughs> Fucking just gets like gum. Has that been invented? <laughs> Ironically, the gum's not like gum at all. <laughs> it's more human. <laughs> so all along, Greenhill thought that as soon as they uh, came to some sort of settlement, that Mathers would have fingered them for Bodenham's murder. So basically, he had to die because of a hunch. The next day, they continue their journey while gnawing on some Mathers. Ugh. Four days later... I really hate how after every time they kill a guy and eat him, you talk about how they bring him for the road trip to, like, <laughs> chew. And they're eating him on the walk. <laughs> you know, he's really best the next day. <laughs> you know, These you, guys wouldn't eat salty beef. I'm sorry, but you, you say it like it's a joke, but it, a nice three-day-old Mathers? Oh, Jesus, Fuck me. Dave, it's Dave, so Dave, great. Dave, Dave. You just pull down and you, you eat Dave, it, you spit Dave. out the eyebrow. Uh. Uh, uh, Four days later, Travis was bitten by a snake. Pretty. I mean, quickly. well, that's game fucking over for him. Pretty, they're probably putting on weight. Now he's friends with Greenhill. Okay. So pretty quickly, it became apparent that he was not going to be able to travel, and he told Greenhill and Pierce to just go on without him and leave him for dead. What the fuck did no, he's seriously, like? Seriously, just. Go, just I know you've been eating guys, but just, just go ahead. 
Who, who wants to eulogize me when you bury me, guys? <laughs> he and Greenhill have been buddies for so long, he asked Greenhill to leave and not to waste time with him. But Greenhill thought the snake bit wasn't that bad and that he'd recover. So, yeah, yeah that's what he thought. Yeah. <laughs> we'll wait around, see how this plays out. God, you look good. Huh? So they waited five days and helped Travers as much as they could. But Travers was just worried they were waiting around I'm pretty him. sure this butter we're rubbing on you will help you. Man, I'm oregano to just kind of clear you up in the sanitary. You'll be no, better. In Ireland, I learned they're putting potatoes near the fire. <laughs> I'm just going to inject you with a little gravy and hey, you'll be right up and running soon. No, no, this is medicine I'm shoving inside you. We call it stuffing. It's stuffing. <laughs> we had some flour left. You're going to be up and delicious. I mean, running in no time. Uh, so they waited five days and helped Travers as much as they could, but Travers was just worried that they were waiting around to kill him. Why? He was too afraid to sleep. Uh-huh. 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 On the sixth day, Greenhill decided that they should make a go of it with Travers. He explained to Travers that they were close to the settlement they were trying to get to, and there they could give him medical care for the bite. And off they went, with Travers limping on one foot. The more Greenhill and Pierce helped Travers get over and around things, the more exhausted they became. And that night they camped, and Travers quickly fell asleep. Oh, bad what? move. Bad, no, forever. <laughs> While he slept, Pierce and Greenhill discussed the situation. Oh, God, there's two. They concluded if they kept going with Travers that they would never reach safety. So they agreed they should leave him behind. Then they talked about what a waste it would be to yeah. just... <laughs> I mean, he's just I mean, going to No, ride. we should go. We should go. Yeah, we, we should, should go. go. No, we, we should go. go. We'll go. I'm just no. saying. Yes, no, we should I'm go. just saying. Okay, but question. Why have we been rubbing butter on him? <laughs> well, well I, I, mean, I honestly thought that might help. I think it did. I really think I really it did. Like Let's go. I you know mean, what, though? How, how much meat do you think... Do you think Travers is like if you were just to guess how much he weighs and how much meat there is? How much meat do you think is on Travers? I mean, I mean, like, I mean, enough for three or four days of gnawing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Aren't there just two of us? Yeah. Oh no, no. One of oh. you is having a psychotic episode. <laughs> I shouldn't have eaten all that fern. <laughs> so he's a lot of meat, especially with the big swollen foot. Oh, yum. Yeah. Oh, I want to sink my teeth Ooh, into that big swollen some foot. Venom leg. Travers then woke up and got a feeling that things weren't right. Were you guys just talking about eating me? You get awful quiet when I woke up. (laughs) Then you're licking your lips and you're putting on a napkin. (laughs) What? No, no, no. He told his two traveling mates that they should just go on without him. He was only Please! Playing. How many times do I have to suggest this? You guys should go! 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 I'm slowing you down! I'm slowing you down! Please go! Then he fell back asleep. Oh, I'm so tired. Wow. Travers was then hit over the head with an axe and killed. Uh, it was really Green- a plague back then. Greenhill was upset to see his longtime friend dead. Sure. So. Then they cut him up like the others and cooked him and ate him. Right. The next yep. day, Greenhill and Pierce just sat there eating and uh, sleeping and eating Travers. Oh, uh, they're like having a hangover Sunday. 
But also, you know what? He's just feeding his sadness. You know, he's upset. <laughs> I'm an emotional cannibal. I really am. Oh, what? I can't eat an egg. I just lost one of my best friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that this is how I grieve. <laughs> now, hand me that dick. <laughs> Chapter four, now hand me that dick. (laughs) So, sitting there eating Travers, they bonded and swore to always remain friends. What a BFF moment. You know what? This is weird, but we will remember this forever. Pinky swear? Pinky swear BFFs forever? Oh, my forever? God. We've been through so much together. <laughs> oh, God. We like five guys. Oh, imagine our trip as a montage. Oh. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, the problem with human flesh is that while it is rich in protein, it never really satisfies hunger because of yeah. the lack of carbohydrates, yeah. which provide energy. That is why they had to kill and eat their friends so regularly. No matter how much they ate their companions, it was just not enough energy they needed to, you know, get on their difficult journey. Impossible. That is absolutely true. Like, you can't just survive on eating a dick. You've got to have a dick sandwich. Yeah. 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 Little pasta, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Make Make a little cacanara, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Even rice. Get some rice. Make a little sushi. Yeah. 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 Nice. (laughs) Just maybe sometimes just have like the foreskin and it's like a calamari ring. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, they thought they would soon run into a settlement of some kind. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatballs. Me. Sorry. <laughs> I had one more. I, uh... <laughs> Until they got there, they could eat Travers. So they picked up all the parts of Travers and packed uh, them up and marched on. Uh, Quote, each of us took as much of the body as Travers as we could carry, Pierce would later say. That's very Aussie. Oh, we're going on a trip. We should get a couple of travelers. <laughs> <laughs> a travelers. You, know, you, you got. You, yeah, all, they got it. you all got the joke. They got I, uh, <laughs> imagine I said it the right way. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Soon they were on a plane. They believed this was a stock run, and they'd look for signs of sheep or cattle for an entire day. They found none. Dude, I thought you just said soon they were on a plane. I was like, what? Way better. Oh, They'll no, be there in no time. Like a flat plane. Like a... Uh, I'd like the vegetarian meal. <laughs> Do you want to see the cockpit? No cock! No cock! No cockpit. We're good. We're happy. Fucking can't believe you want to We're happy. On. A fucking Delta, after all we've been through. There's no fucking, fucking leg room Delta. anymore on these fucking tanks. Jesus Christ. Fucking A. I'd rather be eating myself. I, oh, that'll be oh, fine. Hello. Oh, not enough leg room. Um, <laughs> so they're on a plane. They don't find anything. They walk, They saw a fire from afar, and they walked toward the fire. And when they got close, they heard the voices of Aborigines. They decided the best thing they could do would be to attack them, hoping... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. All right. Now, again, I don't know anything yep. about anything. Uh, yep. I feel like they might get eaten. No. Well, they were hoping they have food. They didn't seem concerned that there were about 40 Aborigines, so they rushed at them. One of them had an axe, and the other had a large stick. They hit the natives with their weapons, and the shocked and terrified Aborigines fled in every direction. What? Of course they did. They're just sitting there. They may have never seen a fucking crazy white guy before, and all of a sudden two run out of the fucking bushes with a fucking stick and an axe, and they're like, what's fucking happening? 
We're having a picnic. And then they just. Oh, and they have like a cut off leg around their neck for later. Get, uh, no, let's get the fuck out of here. I know karate. I don't know crazy. Sure enough, they had been eating kangaroo and possum and reptiles, so they grabbed all the food. They uh, took the spears and burned them, the ones that had been left behind. Got the food, took off as fast as possible. <clears throat> then they put some space between themselves and the Aborigines, and they made camp. They cooked the meat over a fire, had quite a meal, and in the morning, they ate more and headed out. But they were still not doing well due to exposure and lack of nutrients. And at this point, they had no shoes and were almost naked, which caused them to constantly get cuts from the rough environment. Some of their wounds were infected and oozing. Their travers started to dwindle. <laughs> They're running out of travers. Not, that's not good news. They started to think they were lost or maybe they had been told the wrong way to go. Uh, who would, I don't know who would do that to them. Yeah, they asked the aborigine. That's that, honestly, maybe. It's that point in a teen horror movie when you realize you're not on the poster. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Wait maybe, a minute. Maybe Dalton's last words were like, yeah, no, go that way. <laughs> hey, West. Uh. Um, they... Uh, they soon uh, began to become suspicious of each other. Why? Hard to trust a guy who you've been eating other guys with. I mean, when you put it like that. Greenville... Because at the start it would bond you, but after a while, oh, after yeah. A while yeah. yeah. Greenhill had the axe. It totally is a reality show. It really is. Down to the last two, they're like, I mean, he's my friend, but it's tense. They should it's do tense this. in the house, sure. They should do this as a show every year. <laughs> They should set guys loose in the outback and then one guy comes back. We're Full. not fucking far from this. <laughs> no, we're not. And I would watch the shit out of it. Yeah. I knew Kevin was going to get eaten. He had a bad week. Green the Hill. dingo challenge always gets him. Listen, he didn't, he didn't step up during the dingo challenge. Greenhill had the axe and Pierce was concerned about that. Uh, then they saw... <laughs> Then they saw more smoke from a fire and decided to tag Aborigines again. They got close and waited till it was night. There were about 20, uh, 20 of them sitting around a fire eating different kinds of meat. They repeated their previous assault with the exact same result. The Aborigines scattered because two insane white fucks ran out of the woods. <laughs> again, they were rewarded with a bunch of meat and again they burned the spears, took as much food as they could and left. What is, they must be like, we're amazing at this. <laughs> we're really good at this. We, We've stumbled on our thing. I mean, it's great. We're yeah. really good at making them think oh, we're 40. Wow. Because there's two naked dudes running out of the fucking woods like ghosts. Ah! Like ghosts! Do you know what? I had a burger tonight on the way here, like a veggie burger, and if a naked dude had run towards my table, I would have got up and just come here. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You can have this, mate. Well, wait, it is true, though, that they had not probably seen white people, right? Oh, uh, right. I don't know. I mean, they're out in the middle of this. They probably island. had it, which I think is an they, advantage. These guys have yeah. gone pretty far at this point. I yeah. Mean, if they have, they may not have seen a lot of them. Right. Especially not naked ones. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Or okay. maybe maybe that's what happened down there. Mm. Let's um, Hollywood it up and say they have. So they camp. They they camp by a creek, eating meat and sleeping, and eating meat and sleeping, and just hanging out. And sure. once again, they're close friends again. Chumming it up. never to be torn apart. Then well. they moved on. They were climbing hills and spying what they believed was Table Mountain. This uplifted their spirits because Pierce was familiar with the area of Table Mountain. Uh, they hurried there, although it took two days. 
They felt help was near, and they stopped rationing the meat, just eating it whenever it struck them. You don't go with a cannibal to a place called Table Mountain. <laughs> the fuck you think is going to happen? They got great tables up there. Yeah. You and me go up there. Chill. Uh, so they got to Table Mountain, and they realized it was not Table Mountain. Oh. And they were devastated. They had been uh, having so much hope for two days, and they, eat it, they ate all their food. Now they needed food. Oh, they God. kept moving. And again, when they were hungry, their relationship deteriorated. Uh. They camped and were laying down. Greenhill pretended to be asleep. Pierce started to nod off when he felt Greenhill getting up with the axe in his hand. Pierce got up, pretending to be awake. <laughs> he did one of those. Greenhill did not attack him. And from then on, Pierce vowed to leave him the first chance he got. But first, he wanted the axe. Then one night, while Greenhill slept, Pierce crawled over, took the axe from under Greenhill's head, and hit him on the head with it, killing Greenhill. <laughs> he then cooked and ate Greenhill for the next four days. He also managed to catch and eat a couple of ducks. Things are looking up. What? Yeah. Ducks? Oh, man. Ducks and There's Greenhill? There's ducks What's there. Better? You're eating your buddy? Uh, you go duck just, hunting. Alone, just eating a Greenhill is not great, but if you can get some... Duck in there, a little pate. Yeah, come on, baby. Mate, that's like a, that's just like a surf and turf. <laughs> they pair together deliciously. On the seventh day of being alone, Pierce heard sheep. This meant he was near a farm. He ran at the sheep and grabbed one. It dragged him a distance, and he had to let go because he was so weak. Then he caught a lamb instead, much more manageable. He slit its throat and started eating the lamb raw. Uh, oh, uh, he's hungry, you guys. Uh, he then heard a dog and found himself face to face with a man who had a musket. He ordered Pierce to leave the sheep alone or he'd kill him. <laughs> Stop I mean, eating right, that sheep. Get out of here, you fucking rascal. You kids. <laughs> the man then asked if he was Alexander Pierce. And Pierce said, yes, I, I am he. They hadn't known each other from Pierce's time in the area during his previous escape six months before. The shepherd's name was Tom Triffitt. I just love the idea. He's like, hey, hey. Hey. You know what? Uh, you know what? Can, you take, can you take that lamb off your face? Uh, let me wipe you, some of that. There we can go. Can you stop uh, eating that baby animal raw? Yeah, yeah. Hey, wait. You hey. look. Do, do, oh do we know? Are you, yeah. are you on something or something? Would yeah. I know you from you know something? Know, <laughs> you know, I did some E like six months ago, and uh, uh, I just woke up here <laughs> eating a lamb. What have you been up to, Tom? Uh, so Tom brought Pearson... I'm good. I've been eating friends, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Tom... Tom brought Pierce into his hut and fed him. What else would you do? Yeah. Hey, buddy, good to see you. You look great. Uh, he allowed Pierce to stay there for five days and get his strength back. He then went to a hut he had built and remained there for seven days. So he went to his old fucking hut, uh, at which point he went back to see Triffitt, but Triffitt was not there. After some time, he heard someone whistling and went to the door. There were two men, both holding muskets and with dogs. They ordered him to approach. They asked who he was and Pierce said he had escaped from Macquarie Harbor. They didn't believe him and thought he was a soldier, which they were not happy about. He finally convinced them he wasn't a soldier, but an escaped criminal, and they were relieved. It turns out... <laughs> what? 
wait, what? Well, it turns out. Oh, Paige, thank God. Oh, my God. I saw uh, you were authorities. Uh, <laughs> woo! Uh, it turns out they were both escaped convicts uh, from a military party. Uh, and they in, then they invited Pierce to team up with them. They're like, you seem like a good guy. <laughs> oh, man. What an error. What happened to your last, the last uh, gang you were rolling with? Uh, we kind of split up. Uh, <laughs> he did join the... The travel was just eating us up. It was just... Come into my hut. I call it the pizza, pizza hut. <laughs> oh, fuck you. That's pretty good with his name at a hut. Yeah. That's yeah, not bad. Pizza hut. Pizza hut. So Pierce joined them and they took him to their flock of sheep. They each had a hut and all the possessions they needed. There Pierce lived for about six weeks, at which point he began to herd the sheep when they were chased by a military party. They were forced to ditch the sheep. Yay, we're military! Hurrah! Is it like that? No. Okay. And their possessions. <laughs> but they got away. They made their way to uh, different settlements, but once again ran across the military party. This time they were not as lucky and were caught. Pierce was returned to Hobart on January 11th, 1823. When he was caught, he was about 83 miles north of Hobart, directly east of Macquarie Harbor. He had been on the run for 113 days and traveled 150 kilometers on foot. Pierce's traveling companions were tried and executed on April 14th, three months after their capture. What are you guys going to do with the bodies? Because oh. <laughs> you know what? I, I got a couple of recipes. Yeah, actually... Um, <laughs> learned a lot of stuff out there. Have the some bush. ideas. They're doing some interesting... You're just going to throw stuff. it out. I'm saying you're just going to throw it out. You know? All I'm saying is, do you have any duck available? Because <laughs> I've, got I've got a delightful pair. I'm calling it Servanter. <laughs> what about the... Uh, what about... What about just the toes? Can I just have the toes? <laughs> Pierce was not tried with them. <laughs> At this point, the punishment for bush ranging was death, so he didn't appear to have a great outcome ahead. Pierce was then interrogated by a magistrate, Knopwood, about how he had made his escape and where he had gone. Pierce told him everything that had occurred, including the eating of his bros. <laughs> Since he knew he was going to hang, he had nothing to lose. He really had no reason to lie at this point. Knopwood did not believe him. <laughs> he thought Pierce was making it up and the other convicts were still out there, running around. Oh. Besides, he couldn't... <laughs> it's amazing. I'm not buying it. This is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, he couldn't file murder charges because the bodies had been eaten. <laughs> So for whatever reason, after hearing the story, Knopwood sent Pierce back to Macquarie Harbor. There he was flogged and put into solitary confinement. And he was put in irons. And he was treated by a he like a hero by his fellow convicts. I mean, just for the record, all that flogging would really tenderize the meat. Uh, God, mm. just really. Oh, it's like veal. <laughs> Several months... Which I've eaten raw. <laughs> Several months later, Pierce bolted again from a work party. What is he doing? This time heading north along the east coast of Macquarie Harbor with a young man named Thomas Knox. Knox was doing li a life sentence in Macquarie. Cox had continually bothered Pierce to go with him on the escape attempt. Pierce was out this time for just ten days when he was caught. He was alone. <laughs> Mate, now he's really just choosing people to escape totally. with. Totally. It's like, what do I feel like take out tonight? 
Oh my god, I feel like Chinese. Is there a Chinese person here? Yeah, where do you want to go? Oh yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, number 87. I mean, sorry, sorry, this way. Just come with me. Come with me. Uh. Mugu, follow me this way. Uh, he was caught when he was alone. Uh, he had once again eaten his running mate. He was taken to, taken to Hobart. Many said he did not look like a cannibal. The Hobart Town Gazette wrote, he didn't appear to be, quote, laden with the weight of human blood and believed to have banqueted on human flesh. He just didn't look like that. Yeah, okay, cool. He doesn't look like one. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no one's saying you don't look great when you're eating people. <laughs> you're I mean, that's skin. the one. Oh, my yeah. God, you look fantastic. What are you doing? Are you eating your pals? What are you doing? <laughs> um, but this time they had evidence. When Pierce was caught, he had parts of cocks in his pockets. Wait, he had cocks in his pockets? <laughs> if he had cocks in his cocks in his pockets... <laughs> Which one of these cocks is yours? <laughs> uh, uh, Sarge, I've uh, gone through the pockets and there's two cocks. That he's got right, uh, one cock too many, Sarge. Yeah, that is, I swear to God, he had two cocks. There His is, pockets are full of cocks. There's an extra cock. Yeah. Pocket full of cocks, the Alexander Pierce story. Yep. <laughs> Medically what the spin doctors addressed it as. Uh, so, um... Yeah. Okay. He admitted that he had killed Cox in a rage because they got to a river and Cox didn't know how to swim. See, I'm like nine years old because every time you say that Cox, I'm just like, Cox don't know how to swim. <laughs> Hilarious. Cox kept shrinking on the swim. But he didn't need to eat Cox. He had other food on him. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, I hope we're doing this whole story just so you can say that sentence. Times would he go? I didn't mean to eat cocks. <laughs> okay, back to business. All right, I got, uh, no, but really, I ate cocks. <laughs> okay, focus. But I ate him. I ate him, but I ate cocks. When I, I love eating cocks. When I wrote that, cocks I, were delicious. I, I did loved a little them. jig. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Pierce led them to cocks mangled remains. Australia fucking story. It's all about Pierce and Cox. <laughs> On was, Prince Albert Isle. <laughs> he was tried in Hobart. Pierce had no defense counsel, and there is no record that he said anything on his own behalf. The trial was brief, and the ine inevitable verdict was handed down. The chief justice pronounced the death sentence and ordered that the body be delivered to the surgeons for dissection. Just for the record, he was going to speak uh, on his own behalf, but he was too busy. He had his mouth full eating his lawyer. <laughs> that wasn't worth going How back. How do you plead? <laughs> full, Your Honor. Very, Very stuffed. Full. Oh Super full. God. Uh, guilty uh, of having a sweet tooth. <laughs> oh, you made it worth going back to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How great was it the last guy I killed was named Cox? Come on. Uh, Your Honor? Yeah. You, got, you got to finish with Cox. <laughs> Your Honor, I'm full of Cox. <laughs> ah, I plead full of Cox, Your Honor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I winked at you, so what? <laughs> Look, I went to jail. I came out full of cocks. You've heard it a million times, Your Honor. Uh, 
He was hung on a, at 9 a.m. on July 19th, 1824. Just before he was hung, he said, men's flesh is delicious. It, takes, it tastes better than fish or pork. His skull, missing some teeth, found its way to the collection of Samuel Gordon Morton, an American phrenologist. His skull is now in the Museum of the University of Pennsylvania. In 1830, another harsh penalty, uh, another harsh colony in Tasmania was opened at Port Arthur. Many of the prisoners from Macquarie Harbor were transferred there, and Macquarie was shut down in 1833. Wow. Yeah. How about that, you guys? Well, yeah. I guess at least uh, that was the worst thing that ever happened at Port Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. As an American. Oh, my God. That was like the Sandy Hook of jokes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hell. For the you guys... guys Thank you so much. Yes, thank you very much. Right over. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. <laughs>